That on. Can you guys hear me? How's everybody doing today? A lot of good people out here. So, so on the other side. <laughs> That's what I heard. Like, how are you guys doing today? Ah, see, okay, perfect. <laughs> All right, let's pray. Father, we worship you today, God. We glorify your holy name, Father. You're good to us, O King of Glory, God. We thank you, Father, Lord, that we can come and worship, Lord. We can worship, O King of Glory, and bear our hearts to you, Lord. You tell us you have a God to come to you with praise and worship, God. And I pray, Lord, as we worship this evening, O God, Father, that you heard, you heard us, O God. That you inclined your ear unto us, O King of Glory, God. That Jehovah God, you met us, Father, where we are today, Lord, with all the things that are going around our world, Father. That Jehovah God, we, you saw our hearts, O God. That, Lord, we just want to know you more, God. We just want to come closer to you, O King of Glory, God. We want to worship you for what you've already done, O King of Glory, God. And trust Jehovah God that as you continue to lead us, as you continue to guide us, O King of Glory, Father, that the plans that you have for each and every one of us, O God, will continue to be perfect according to your will, God. I pray, mighty King of glory, God, as we hear the message that you have for us, O God, today, Lord, that Jehovah God, that the soil in our hearts, O God, will be tilled in our Father, that the seed goes in, Lord, and Jehovah God bears fruit, O God. I come again in the destruction of the enemy in the mighty name of Jesus, God, and ask you, mighty King of glory, that you may move me out of the way, O King of glory, and, and speak to your people, myself included, O God. We worship you and praise you in the holy name. Amen. So we are continuing in the, books of, uh, in the book of Romans. Um, and so today we're going to be looking at Romans 3, 1 to 8. We're going to read from NLT. So let's see. Then what's the advantage of being a Jew? Is there any value in the ceremony of circumcision? Yes, there are great benefits. First of all, the Jews were entrusted with the whole revelation of God. Truth, true, some of them were unfaithful. But... Just because they were unfaithful does not mean God was unfaithful. Of course not. Even if, anyone, any, even, no, even if everyone else is a liar, God is true. As the, as the scripture says about him. You'll be, prove, you'll be proven right in what you say, and you will win your, your case in court. But some might say our unsinfulness serves a good purpose, for it helps people see how righteous God is. It's unfair then for him to punish us. This is merely a human point of view. Of course not. If God were not entirely fair, how would he be qualified to judge the world? But some might still argue, how can God condemn me as a sinner if my dishonest highlights his truthfulness and bring him more glory? And some people even slander us by claiming that we say the more we sin, the better it is. To those who say such things deserve to be condemned. Very interesting um, verses, right? Because... <laughs> When you, when, you, when you read this, and I was, I was praying about this and trying to figure out what, what is Paul trying to tell these people? And the first question that I had for myself is, what is my opinion about God? And I want you to think about that. As we read this sermon, as we go through the sermon, ask yourself, what is your opinion about God? And, I, and, and, and it took me back to when I first really stood on my own Christian faith. I grew up in a Christian home, and I knew God from my grandma, who was a very strong Christian. And I had a relationship with God, but really it was, a, it was more of what I heard, right? And so my, my way of looking at God was, God is merciful, yes, but he's still the person that's up there, and if I do something wrong, I will just bear the consequences. 
So most of the time as I went through all my day, it would be more like just every little thing. I was just, Lord, please forgive me. And every time, God, forgive me, forgive me, right? There was so much fear of who God is. And then as I continue, which we still need the fear of God. Don't get me wrong, because people miss school people, right? I'm saying you still need the fear of the Lord, right? Um, and then as I continue to have a relationship with God, I end up learning about his love, how he cares about me. You know, I didn't grow up with a dad, so I couldn't relate anything about, uh, you know, have that father love. But when I had my own kids and I saw that even when they did real wrong, I still loved them. I still loved them. Even after I whooped them, I still loved them and I cared about them, right? Amen. Amen. I still had to go and hug them and still tell them. And so that brought a different perspective of who God is to me. He's that dad who's like, I want you to be right. I want you to grow right. I want everything to go right with you. And I'm going to make sure that you don't make hell. However, if things go wrong, I'm going to punish you and put you in the right path. So as we read this, I want you to think about this because what's happening here is the Jew, even though they know the word of God, they really have a whole different perspective about God. And I feel like all of us, maybe depending on where you are, how you grew up, it's so easy for you to read a Bible verse or to see something, and then you interpret it according to how and how, who you think God is. So what is Paul telling them here? So Paul anticipates what they are thinking. He actually does. He's, he really knows what they are, they are thinking, and he reads their mail, if you want to say that, because before they even say what, what's going on, he can already tell, you guys think about this, but this is not, the, this is not right, or this is what's going on. So he asked, what is the advantage of being a Jew? And to them, they are like, well, we are Jews. But Paul, and so, so it's kind of like when, when you want to rebuke somebody and you go start talking to them, and of course they put a wall, right? But, so Paul already knew they're going to put a wall. So what does he say? Because they're expecting him to be like, oh, Jews are really bad. You guys don't follow the law. You do all these things. Actually, Paul says, you know what? There are advantages of being a Jew. Actually, there are so many advantages of being a Jew. First of all, you are trusted with the oracle of the word of God. That God himself chose you as a tribe that he trusted you to give you the word of God through you. That's, like, that's huge. Like the creator of the world, the almighty God, God above heaven who created so many things, he himself could have chosen to just tell, tell everybody the word of God, but he chose you as a tribe to give you that. So there is a lot of advantage to that. Paul says the fact that they, they were, he's not trying to discredit them, but he's actually telling them the advantage that they have over most of the other people. He's not against the Jews. And, you know, when I was thinking about this, it's kind of when a pastor stands up and he starts telling you about the word of God, he is really or she is not really against you. They're telling you the word of God because God has trusted them to carry that words to you. Amen. Amen. Three people is perfect. Okay. <laughs> so he continued to say you have an advantage. Because God has given you the word, but the issue is, it's just a head knowledge, but it's not a heart knowledge. And when we look for it, if we think about it, we put ourselves in that position. Because I know sometimes when we read the Bible, we always think like, oh, it's those people. What about us? What advantage do we have? We have the advantage that we have the word of God. We have the Holy Spirit. Jesus came and gave, gave us life. And he left us a helper who's going to help us. So if anything, think about it. You in America, you sitting right here, you have access to the word of God. You have access to Bibles. You have access to being here and being able to preach. I mean, to, to listen, right? And preach to other people too, because you're called to be preachers, right? Teachers, right? Right? So we have that advantage. And so he's saying the same thing. Like, look, even though... You guys don't think you have an advantage. You have an advantage because God has done so much in you. So he's saying, 
You have an advantage. However, just like us, if you don't have Jesus, it's a waste. For them, they have an advantage, but if they don't have God in their heart and they don't do the things that pleases God and not the law, then it's all a waste. Without true understanding the heart of God, they cannot really benefit from that knowledge at all. It's a waste, right? It's like the title says, uh, take advantage of the advantage because they have an advantage, but then they don't want to take advantage of the advantage. Same thing with us. We have the advantage of the knowledge of God. We have the advantage of where we live. We have an advantage of so much things, but are we really taking advantage of the advantage that we have? Uh, he continues to say, if, you know, the Jews continue to say, if somebody did not believe or unfaithful, would, it, would that unveil God's word or his faithfulness? So they, the way they are twisting the words, it's pretty much just for their benefit. They talk about is any value in circumcision, you know, and Pastor Jeremy did a really good uh, job last Wednesday and talked about that. It's not just the outside physical um, cutting, it is the cutting of the heart, the refining of the heart. It says, uh, let God be found true. Paul goes and says, let God be found true as he will be, though every person be found a liar. Remember I asked you, what is your opinion of God? Because if you really think about it, if you say, let God be found true, though every person be found a liar, any word that God who is true, any word that he gives you, it doesn't matter what else comes after that. He is the truth. Everything is a lie. Is a lie. If somebody did not believe that, if somebody did not believe that, so he said, if somebody did not believe or was unfaithful, would that unveil God's word or unfaithfulness? Why are they even thinking about that? Why are they thinking about God and faithfulness if God has already said, I am holy, and all the things that he has said? And I think that's where in our lives that we miss the mark is because if... I'll give an example. I love my wife, and, and, and we have a really good relation. Praise God for that. If somebody came, any of you came and said, if I said this and this against you, I wouldn't believe you at all. I wouldn't believe you. Because that is not an option for me at all. Before anything, I'm like, my wife is truthful. She honest. She, she's, I know her. And the same thing we should with God. No matter what happens, we know God that he's always going to be true. And no matter what anybody or the world says, you should filter that with, with through that. He says, you know what? I know my God. He's not like, and I don't care what you say. I know. And if he did that, he's truthful. There has to be a reason why he did that. Are you guys with me? As it's written in Psalms 51, for it says, Against you, you only have I sinned. This is Paul saying, and done, um, and done this evil in your sight, that you may be found just when you speak and blameless when you judge. D- no, David, sorry, not Paul. David is owning up his sin and accepting the consequences, the consequences of them. He's saying that it doesn't matter what I've done. It doesn't matter the consequences that I get. No matter what happened, you are just in whatever you do. And if by the end of this message you don't get anything, is just know that God, his word is true. And it doesn't matter what anybody or anything. There is no adding or removing. His word is true. And it's that simple. See, they continue to say our unrighteousness, our unrighteousness demonstrates the righteousness of God. And that is not true. It says unrighteous man enhances the, un, the righteousness of God. Think about that. It's actually almost funny. You guys are super serious. But when I read some of these, I'm like... Like, who is this guy? It's like, you guys got the law of God, right? You got everything you've seen what God has done. Like, there is history of him saving you and saving your tribe and do all this stuff. And now you're saying that because our unrighteousness demonstrates God's righteousness. So what are they saying? They are saying, in other words, they're saying, it's kind of like when you have a picture, right? You have a, black, you have a, back, uh, a background that is black and you have somebody in front of it and you light them up. 
and then they are more pronounced. That's what they are trying to say. That if we, con- if we sin, at least when God saves us, then God can get all the glory. How silly is that? It says the darker the sin, the more we show God's glory. It's kind of like uh, I'm about to step on some toes, okay? It's kind of like people who glorify their past. Oh, let me tell you about what I used to do, man. I used to do A, B, C, D. Oh, I used to. Oh, you find me on all these places. Man, you didn't even see. My sin was so great. It was so great. God got me from this place. I was doing all these things. But you know what? God saved me. One person, God saved me. But let me teach you about all the other stuff that I was doing. That's the same thing. Because I'm trying to show you that, oh, I've been saved and all these things. But then when you listen to that conversation, really, what, what, what are you doing? I actually had a, um, to correct one person that we were talking to, and there was a young man there, and he was talking about all the things that he has done and how God has, has, had, had redeemed him from that. And I looked at him and I asked him with a lot of boldness because I was like scared because from what he was doing, he could have beat me up, okay? <laughs> with a lot of boldness, and I just felt, I'm like, from all the stuff you've spoken about today, what is this young man going to gather? What are they going to gather? You just give them the whole life's history of the things that you did, the places you went, all the things that you did, and then you said, God save me. What is he going to remember? He's a young man. What is he going to remember? And so the, the Jews are doing the same thing. They are like, oh, look at all these things, and look at all these, and so, hey, but God has saved us, and he's given us his word. They continue to say, God is not, so they continue to say, if through my lies, God trusts uh, truth is magnified and abounded, to, uh, and abounded to his glory. Why am I being judged? So if I, who is sinning so I can show God's glory, then why am I being judged? Think about it. It's like Judas. It's kind of like Judas saying, hey, listen, I understand that I betrayed Jesus. But if I did not betray Jesus, then Jesus would never have died. And if never have died, then all these people would never have found life. That's what they're saying. But the point is, Judah's sin was what God used for his glory in order for him to redeem us. And so sometimes we, 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 are, like, we are so quick to say, but this, you know, I was in this place and I was, you know, I, I was in a bar preaching to somebody or doing all that stuff. I got to be there. I got to be in that place in order for me to give them the word of God. No, you don't. No, 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 no. So some say, some Jews say, let's do evil so that good may come out of it. And then God says, I will judge you against that. See, I think the issue here is, just like us, when we hear the word of God, we don't really listen to the word of God, but we filter it through our own interpretation. We jump to conclusion based on our selfishness. It's kind of like when you're having a conversation with somebody and you're trying to explain to them something and all they can do is filter through what they like, how they feel, what they see in their life. And so no matter what conversation you are, it's all about selfishness. And if there's selfishness, that can go through. And unfortunately, because we are human, we are a human creature of creature, we do the same thing with God where we read the word of God and we filter it through our selfishness. And then God is like, I cannot get to your heart because you've already put this wall that I cannot get to you. Yeah. And Paul is challenging their, challenging their understanding. He's saying, he's saying, you guys, you have a big advantage. You cannot say that you don't know the word of God. 
And today is the same thing that God is telling us that we have an advantage, a huge advantage. Just like the Jew, we have a great church. We have the word of God. We have good teaching, I hope. Right? We have a peaceful country. You guys have seen what's going on in Afghanistan right now. You don't need to be told that. We have a very peaceful country. We have Bible in our own language and commentaries and commentaries and commentaries. Right? We have little to no hardship in this country. How can we say we are not advantaged and we can be able to read the word of God? There is any right or left side you turn, there is the word of God. Go to the library, turn on the TV, turn on your app, do whatever you want. The word of God is there. See, the Jews is very sad because they grew up hearing the word of God. But again, like I said, it's only head knowledge versus heart knowledge. And today I'm wondering and I'm asking myself, do I have a heart knowledge of God or do I know, do I have a head knowledge of God? See, it's the same thing like God does not lie. It says that in, the, in Titus um, 1, 2 says, This letter is from Paul, a slave of God and apostle of Jesus Christ. I've been sent to proclaim faith to those, to those God has chosen and to teach them to know the truth and to show them how to live godly life. The truth gives them confidence that they have internal life, internal life which God does not lie, promised them before the world began. That's important because if the word of God is true and he doesn't lie, no matter what he says, if we know that, we know first of all that God will never, he will never go back on his word. He's always going to talk the truth. He's always right. Then when we get the word of God, when we filter it through those things, there's no reason why we should know the real truth. Uh, One of the commentaries says this eternal life is not a wish, but a hope. In this sense, hope is anticipated, anticipation founded not on wishful thinking, but a promise from God who cannot lie. So this eternal life that we are all walking to, towards our eternity, we are all going to die, we are getting closer every single day, but as we get closer to that, we know that there is a promise of God, and he never lies. So there is that hope. Man will not be judged based on what man says, but what the word of God says, and that's the standard of God. We're not going to go before God and say, but God, look at these other people, what they are saying. This Bible verse here is a little bit confusing, Lord. It says, you know, my unrighteousness and all that stuff. No. God has set his standard. And unfortunately, unfortunately, we all know that and we're going to be judged on our knowledge of those things. People interpret things however they want to suit their wishes and understanding. And if you want to have a good example, look at the world around us right now. And in this case, Paul is attempting to make them think, but it's futile attempt. It's kind of like trying to debate the mask and vaccine mandate right now. Seriously. And I'm not going to go into politics, but think about it. No matter what sense comes out, if you don't filter even those things through God, you're going to be lost. Because that's what the enemy is doing. The enemy is doing a very good job dividing people more than you've ever seen before. Right? All the other things looks like they, they, they had cracks and they wouldn't work, but now he's found another tool to be able to divide people. Divide and conquer. That's what he's going to do. He's going to continue to dividing. Unless we really filter the word of God, we filter everything, whether it's the news or whatever you see, and filter it through the word of God, we are going to be lost. We are going to be divided. We are going to be conquered. It happens all the time when People preach, the preachers preach the word of God and people mis- misinterpret it. They think they are being attacked or they think that it's against them. 
they, they don't really know that this is the word of God that has come through. Just like the Jews, the word of God has been given to them. Isaiah 40 says, The grass withers, the flower fades, but the word of God stands forever. The word of God abides forever, and that is not a debate. And I say that because in nowadays, man, like people are just twisting the word of God. They just want everything to fit their own way. They do. But if we who know the word of God because we are feeling victory and we study our Bibles, right? And we spend time praying and meditating on the word of God, then we're going to be able to know when the word is not true. Amen? Amen. Romans 9.15 says, For he says to Moses, I'll have mercy on whomever I have mercy, and I'll have compassion on whoever I will have compassion. And that's our God. So if he, whatever he says goes, and honestly, when you think about it, if he's a God who, whatever he says goes, then whose side do you want to be on? There is never injustice in the Lord. And no matter what the Jews try to say that, why would we be judged when we did all these things? The word of God still stands. That if they are unrighteous, they will not see God. So if God is not a liar, does not change his standard, is righteous, has compassionate on who he chooses, is just... He has, and he has shown all these in, 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 in the character, in the Bible, and it's been recorded. What is the confusion? What's really the confusion? You guys want to know? Our perception. Our perception. There's a story in uh, um, Mark 6, 1, 6. It says, Jesus left the part of the country and returned to his disciples to, uh, to Nazareth, his hometown. The next, the next Sabbath, he began teaching in the synagogue, and many who heard him were amazed. They asked, where did you get all this wisdom and power to perform such miracles? Then they scoffed, he's just a carpenter, a son of Mary, the brother of James, Joseph, Judah, and Simon. And his sisters live right among us. They are deeply offended, and re- they were deeply offended and refused to believe him. Their perception is, man, I've seen you grow up. Yeah. I've seen you. You're a carpenter, man. I know, don't forget, they are Jews who know the word of God. So Jesus is not talking anything outside what the word of God. He's telling them the exact things that they've known. And now because it cuts their heart, they're like, oh, he is just a carpenter. Their perception. Then Jesus told them a prophet is honored everywhere except his hometown and among his relatives and his own family. And because of their unbelief, they, could do, they couldn't do any miracles he, uh, he couldn't do any miracles among them ex- except to place his hands on a few sick people and heal them. And he was amazed at their unbelief. Yeah. Think about it. Jesus could, when I read that part, Jesus uh, placed his hands on a few sick people. I'm sure there was a lot of people sick who had emotional issues, who had sickness. Jesus had the power to heal them. And there was probably that one group that said, oh, he's a carpenter. And there was another group that was a follower. It's like, oh, they said he's a carpenter. And they never really came close to know who Jesus was. But the sad part is with all that power, Jesus only ended up just healing few sick people. I wonder if that's us. Where we either come before God and we have things that goes on our life. All of us have. In this world, there will be troubles. In this world, there will be so many things. But we are not willing to come to Jesus because we already have a perspective that, oh, he cannot heal me. This is too deep for me. This is way too much. He cannot get there. 
Or he said, no, I heard Jesus. There was this person that prayed and Jesus did not even touch them. So I don't think he can touch me. Or maybe, you know what, I heard he's, he's just people pray and they come to church and nothing happens. Only a few people were healed. Just like the Jews, they, these people had the word of God special delivered to them. They had an advantage, but they never took the advantage of the advantage. And think about it, that's us. We have an advantage. We have the Holy Spirit. But yet we are walking, be it defeated. Like our God is not as powerful as he is. Like it's something that was said that's not written over and over, proven over and over, and examples of an example of how he overcame. I'm sure if you took whatever you're going through right now and you put it right next to the Bible, you will find something that says God has already overcome that thing. Then why are we allowing Jesus to just touch a few people? And this is because they filtered it through self-knowledge. We know this, we know him, we know better. I hear what you're saying, but he's still a carpenter. We've seen him grow up. It's funny too, because on this part, they knew very, a lot of details about Jesus. Well, they knew about him, they knew the mom, they knew the sisters, even they know where they, see, they live. But they missed the word of God. We have ears, but we do not hear. Matthew 13, 14, 15 says, and this is ERV. Did you get it? Perfect. Did you guys know there was ERV version on the Bible? Yes? No? Easy, easy reading version. Boom. I taught you something. <laughs> so Matthew 13, 14, 15. I, I, I googled it and this is what came up and I was like, oh, this is a bad, that's version. It'll work out. So it says, you people listen and listen, but you do not understand. It, it should be like, you people listen and listen, but you don't understand, understand, right? You will look and look, but you will not really see. Yes, the minds of these people are closed and they have ears, but they do not listen. They have eyes, but they refuse to see. If their minds were not closed, they might not see with their eyes. They, will, they might not see with their eyes. They might not hear with their ears. They might, under, they might understand with their minds. They might, then they might turn back to me and be healed. That is sad because we have ears and we have eyes, but we do not see and we don't hear. And I think part of it is, honestly, and I'm, I'm not immune to this, is a noise that we've allowed in our life. We've allowed so much, so much noise. We come from church here and we are so quick to get home and watch that thing that we recorded during church time. Nothing wrong with it. I'm just giving you an example. Don't stone me, right? <laughs> we can't wait to get home, get in the car so we can, res- we can re- reply to, to messages. I, I was one of the worst because in my business I have to be on the phone all the time. And, and so what I used to do is when I go to a customer's place, I'll get in the car and I cannot wait to return all the calls. And then I get home and I'm pooped, I'm tired, and I'm like, never spend time with God. And I, was, I think I was telling Billy, I'm like, the car has become my little sanctuary now. I get in there, I put on music, I pray, I worship, because that's a good 30, 40, 50 minutes, an hour of an interrupted time that I can spend with God. And I look forward to it. There was a time I was working in Seattle for, uh, for almost a year, and I used to drive an hour and a half every time. And I'm telling you, if there was a time I got saved, it was during that time. And I'm real. I, that car, it was a little civic car that I had, a blue car. I called it my prayer closet. Because in that car, I cried, I prayed, I worshipped God. It was the one time in my life when I really, really, like, that three hours of my life every day was the best three hours of my life. 
Life was tough, but it was the best three hours of my life. That's, I believe that was the first cornerstone of where I am today because of those moments. But if we have ears and we have everything, the information is there. But we are not taking time to spend time with God. I'm sure if you look, maybe you don't commute. Maybe you're working from home. But, you know, you can't find time to spend time with God every single day. There was a story um, I was reading about. I actually heard it from another pastor. It's for Peter Marshall. He was the chaplain of the United States Senate. So Peter Marshall was called by God to go and do work of God, but he was running away from God. So what he did is he went and he wanted to be a Navy. And so he took the Navy test, but he failed. When he took the Navy test, he failed. Then he took a shortcut walking towards where he was walking. And there was a thick fog that was just everywhere. So he could barely see his hands because of how thick it was. As he walked down this, he took a shortcut where he didn't usually pass. But as he walked, he had his name being called Peter but he kept walking. He had Peter. He kept walking. The that time he had Peter, true story. The that time he had Peter, he said he fell on his knees and he knew it was God. He submitted himself to God at that point. And he cried to God and said, God, I've heard you. Whatever you want. Then he was done praying. He, he, so when he was there, remember, he couldn't even see his hands. When he was done praying, he turned his hands to push off in the ground to stand up. And there was nothing but air. There was nothing but air. If he had taken one more step, his life would have been over. He would have fell. There was a big quarry that was just deep and it would have gone. At that moment right there, because Peter decided to listen to God, his life was saved And he ended up being one of the best preachers and he became a chaplain of the United States Senate with that. Because he had listened. It is very, very, very important for us to listen to God. Because some of us, I honestly feel like some of us, we are on that edge right there. And if we do not listen to God and take one extra step, it's going to be bad for your life. And yes, you might not lose your life, but you might lose your life. Meditate on the word of God. Take time to just not just read your word of the word of God and, and flip just like another book. Meditate on the word of God. Apply daily and repeat. Whatever you read, try it out. Practice, practice makes perfect. Right? We we God knows that He gives us that grace. Let us be quick to listen and not quick to speak. God had to save me from that. I'm in sales, so <laughs> You know, have a hard line that God's truth will not change. Draw a line and say, this is the word of God, and it doesn't matter what happens. This is, I'm not going to go past that line. It seems like the whole world is leaning on to one side or whatever they're deciding, but the things of God don't change. And this is, if there was a time in your life that you took out a marker and literally drew a line on the ground and saying, this is where I don't pass, it is now. Because the minute you pass, you might be on the edge like Peter. And it might be too late for you. God does not change today, tomorrow, and forever. He's the same God and his word doesn't change. Romans 3, 8 says, Some people even slander us by proclaiming that we, uh, Paul, uh, Paul uh, the, more we, uh, no, them, the more they sin, the better it is. Those, those, who such says, those who say such things deserve to be condemned. Condemnation. 
Express, is, condemnation is sentenced to a particular punishment, especially death. Express complete dis, disapproval, typically in public. So what a tragedy, think about it. What a tragedy. That the people that God chose, the people that he loves very much, the people that he cared so much that he looked at the whole universe beyond the world and he realized these are the people that I want to give the word of God. What a tragedy that at the end, he's condemning them. He's sentenced them to death. What a tragedy for us that we have the word of God. We know God. We hear the word Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, throughout the week. We have every gadget that we can access God. We've seen the miracles of God. We've read them. It's written over and over. What a tragedy if we go before God and we are condemned because we did not listen. The Bible says in Romans 8, 1 says, there is, there is therefore no condemnation to those who are in Jesus Christ, who do not work according to the flesh, but according to the Spirit. John 3, 17 says, for God did not send us, God did not send us his Son into the world to condemn the world, but that, he, the, that the world through him might be saved. That's what Jesus came to do. But also the Bible says it's true that if we don't follow Christ, we are going to be condemned and sent to hell. That's the truth. In John 8, uh, if you read the story of the woman that uh, men dragged and they brought uh, before Jesus, and if you look at verse 18, and you guys can go read John 8, it says, when Jesus raised up, because Jesus said, if any of you has never sinned, be the first one to cast a stone, and he started writing on the ground. And when he raised himself up and saw no one but the woman, he said, woman, where are those accusers of yours? Has no one condemned you? She said, no. No, no, no one, Lord. And Jesus said to her, neither do I condemn you. You can go and see no more. And as I read that, honestly, that's, that's how I feel. That we might have said, thought, done things that don't please God. We might be in a place where we, t- we tainted the word of God. We might be in a place where we said or directed somebody in the wrong way. But Jesus is saying, Neither do I condemn you. Go and sin no more. Let's stand up. Lord, we worship you today, God. We praise you, O King of Glory, Father, because your word is true, God. We thank you, God, because you love us and care so much about us, O God. And I pray, mighty King of Glory, God, that Jehovah God, you may cleanse our ears spiritually, God, so we can hear, God. Wipe our eyes, O King of Glory, so we can see, O King of Glory, Father, what you're telling us to do, Lord. The mighty King of Glory, if there was a time in our life, O King of Glory, God, that we really needed to see what you see, God, that we needed to hear what you hear, God, it will be now, O King of Glory, Father. Jehovah God, you say that my people perish for lack of knowledge, O God, and I pray, mighty King of Glory, God, that that is not us, O God. That Jehovah God, if there is any place in our life that we are missing knowledge, O God, if there is any place in our life, O King of Glory, Father, where we are going with our own eyesight, Father, where Jehovah God, we are taking your word, O God, and, and not taking it for face value, Lord, but you are trying to adapt it to our own self, O God. I pray, mighty King of Glory, that you may forgive us, O King of Glory, and cleanse us, O God. I pray, Jesus, Jehovah God, Father, that here, Father, all of us, O God, that you may search our hearts, O God, and show us, though, Father, those areas in our life, O King of glory, God, that, Jehovah God, we are deaf to what you're telling us, O God. Jehovah God, open our ears, O God. 
Open our hearts, O King of glory, Father. Open our eyes, Almighty King of glory, God, and lead us, Father, towards you, O God. We praise you and worship you. In the mighty name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. Amen. Hey, we want to thank you so much for being online with us today. I want to remind you, if you're not a follower on Facebook, please like our page on YouTube. Please subscribe. Follow us on Twitter. Tell all your friends. Continue to watch online. We thank you for watching. We love you so much. Have a great day.